Hello, everyone, and welcome to Waiting to be Signed, the show where we discuss the week's events in generative art. My name is Trinity, and I'm joined by Will. And before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of art on the blockchain. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Waiting to Sign to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week. Or, for those who prefer visual language, on Instagram, at waiting to be signed. If you are feeling generous, we are always accepting donations, including tokens, at our Tez wallet address, wtbs.tez, or our ETH address, wtbs.eth. Probably the best way you can support the show at this point is to join our Patreon. It is an easy Web 2.0 way to support the show and show us some continual love. Yeah. Do you have a PayPal? Do you have a credit card? Do you want to just give us 25 bucks a month? What is this verse? Yeah, this is the web 2.0 payment methods accepted. Let me ask you something, Trinity. If we got to like 100 patrons, would you want to do something like open a Discord? Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Discord is currently blocked on my work computer, um, so I can't participate as much as I used to, which is great for my work life. No one cares about your work life. They don't want to. I don't care about it either. (laughs) They want you to quit your job. You know, Melissa wants us to quit our jobs and do this full time and, I don't know, go live on a commune somewhere where our cost of living is drastically reduced so that we can do that. Isn't that just Marfa? That would be kind of sick. Yeah, I've kind of just talked myself into it, actually. <laughs> I mean, I think it would be great. We would have so much childcare. Not that anybody cares about babies. People care about the babies. That's a trend. Kids in gen art. I think it's just demographics. Yeah, demographically, a lot of artists and uh, collectors have babies, it seems. I think we just talked ourselves <laughs> into this. All right. Well, let's do some research on it. In the meantime, while we figure that out, there's a lot of cool news this week. Well, some well, cool, is some there... not so cool. <laughs> there's some news this yeah. week. There's some fun news. There's some less fun news. Should we start with the less fun piece here? Go into a trough. Okay, we'll start low. Go back up. Yeah. I assume you're talking about the... Uh... The heat death of Versum? Yeah. This is something that we've kind of hypothesized a couple times. I kind of feel bad about it now in retrospect because I feel like we never heard anything about Versum. Their comms were pretty quiet. And now it's done. They're closing down. I don't really know what the postmortem on it is. Clearly, people weren't dropping there. They weren't getting the fees they needed. We've talked about this being an issue with the proliferation of platforms in general and the cannibalization of the space. And I think also just you know, lower traffic overall, just within the space as well, across all platforms for the most part. Bear markets are going to lead to consolidation and closing of various marketplaces for good or for bad. You know, I think we see that in the real world. How many like copycats of Amazon were there in early 2000s or late 90s? Mm-hmm. You know, it's unfortunately a part of life and they were doing some interesting stuff in terms of the ability to mint standard NFTs. But I don't think they were meaningfully differentiated. You couldn't do anything there that you couldn't do on object. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that they were trying to do, if I remember, was like they had like their own token called Materia. And it was kind of like a proof of identity or something token. But they released it. They never did anything with it. No one knew what it was about. The thing that I remember is that like the site came out. They had some artists lined up, like really big artists lined up from the jump. They had then that event. The big free event where everyone would like every artist you can think of from FX Hash and from Tezos in general was like releasing a project there for free and it was a bonanza. Everyone was minting like crazy. 
And then they just had no follow-up, it felt like. You know, every now and then Zancam would release a piece. Maybe some other artists would release some stuff there. Marcel Schwitlake released a few of his pieces there. But I just can't think of, like, any meaningful push that they made to the wider community. And if they did, you know, it's like then it never hit our radar, which is a whole other problem. To be fair, we have been focusing primarily on generative art, sometimes AI art. But you're right. There just wasn't the noise. There wasn't the big hype releases. And Versum kind of, I would say, became an afterthought at some point last year, at least in my mind. For sure. But it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. You don't want to see someone who's well-intentioned and trying to build in the space go down. You want to see them kind of like thrive and build and push past. But the reality of the markets, I think, are that consolidation right now is more likely than expansion despite the number of players who are entering the market so and we already saw that in some of the open gen art platforms on ETH. yeah eclipse gone yeah now here's my big question how did they get 122,000 views on this tweet where were those views <laughs> you know like and also how did we get 100,000 views on a tweet we just have to end the podcast will <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> maybe every month we have to say that we're ending the podcast so that we can actually get some meaningful like uh we're ending the podcast reach. here's our patreon <laughs> yeah the Patreon will continue. I mean, I think thankfully, right, at a certain point, they capitulated and allowed Object to index them. And so all of the tokens that were minted on Versum are still going to be available for trade on Object. That was a big point at the time. They, were, they kept it very closed and it was very hard to discover there. Probably just one of the many pieces in the eventual shuttering of the platform. A bummer to see. Certainly not good for Tezos to lose a platform. But in a way, it consolidates attention. It means that the existing platforms are more likely to succeed because they'll be getting more profits, more revenues, more marketplace fees. And so I think that it's sad for Tezos, but probably ultimately not the worst thing that could have happened. On the ecosystem side in news, FX Hash has released their 2.0 artist toolkit. They have a new snippet for inclusion in your HTML when you're putting together a project, instructions on how to do on-chain, and some other stuff. They're also like simplifying, right? They're I think we talked about this. They're at one extensibly point. simplifying. I think probably simplifying for a techno literate user. Still goes about twenty five miles over my head for the most part. Yeah, I think the important thing is that it sounds like that if you're just doing a straightforward project, you can do that without checking a bunch of boxes and dials and sliders and just do that and then if you want to get more deep into the stack of what they offer then you can go that direction without getting too complicated yeah this is beyond us we don't really know how to interpret a lot of this here but i think more importantly it's just like positive evidence that 2.0 is on its way and hopefully if we're lucky we'll have some podcast related content around that i think our assumption is q3 this year that's what they stated when they announced fx 2.0 i believe so probably sometime around FX Hash two-year anniversary. That would be a killer anniversary present. That would be like three weeks from now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be very soon. That'd be very soon. I think maybe, well, look, who knows? Sometimes these things are very slow and then all at once, right? So it, it could totally just come out of nowhere. Yeah. And I think we heard uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago at this point that everybody on the FX Hash team kind of hold up, went to some beautiful location to just work together in person. Which was pretty damn rad looking from the pictures. Where'd they go? I don't know. It kind of looked like Versailles. But I, Versailles? I doubt they rented out Versailles. Cypher just coding in Versailles with one broken hand. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was a very nice French garden that I saw. That's pretty cool. Rallying the troops, heads down, working together, unified, in person is always more efficient than doing the digital thing. And we will be here, of course, once that information becomes available, hopefully to talk to the folks working on it. So keep your fingers crossed and look forward to that. On the interview front, we released our William Mapan interview today. Trinity, again, sorry you couldn't be a part of that one. Did you listen to it? Probably not, right? No, I <laughs> was working in PowerPoint all day. Isn't it a shame that it's so hard to listen to a podcast while you do work? Yeah. Like you can listen to music and it's like chill, but a podcast, it's just so hard to listen to voices and get work done. Yeah. My go-to, and not to detract from the interview talk, has been a Reddit thread of must-listen electronic albums of all time. Oh. So I've been working my way down that. What have you discovered recently that you've really liked? Early Kraftwerk, the first Massive Attack album. The early, the first Kraftwerk album came out in like 81, 82. Mm -hmm. And so just hearing that early electronica is just thumbs up. Nice. So some of it I've heard before, but some of it's going to be new. And I'll send you the link. Yeah, send me the link. I'm surprised that uh, Discord is blocked, but not Reddit. Maybe it's good for research. <laughs> Who knows? Probably. Reddit's not blocked yet. I'll be writing an anonymous email to, <laughs> to, Thank you. to your IT department. Yeah, so the Mapan interview is out today. It spans early Tezos, FX hash, dragons, everything that William learned about long form that then carried into the Artblocks curated release, Anticyclone. We talked about... Tonic? No, actually, we didn't uh -huh. talk about Tonic. We only have so much time. We, we, <laughs> we had to pick and choose. We talked about LACMA and... Verse. Of course, Verse. We talked about the upcoming, which, by the way, the generator is still not available we're like three days out from the auction starting and people are not there saving their seeds yet. I'm pretty sure Jamie so, had a hard deadline of October 12th, which is... Today. <laughs> it depends on the time zone you're in. Yes, you could have seven more They're hours. ahead of us, so it's the 13th there now. <laughs> oh, but so. it depends on the time zone. It's Time zone is relative. Right. William could be in Japan or something and maybe it's a day behind. You mean Hawaii. That, <laughs> who knows where he is. Either way, we talked about a ton of stuff. It was just great talking to him about the market and his philosophy on designing these projects and everything he's learned the last two years and also some parenting advice because he's got a kid in the, in the rapid fire i worked that in so it's a really solid hour and i hope everyone enjoys that one and gets inspired to at least generate some sketchbooks even if you don't think you can afford one yeah which i doubt either of us can <laughs> i'll definitely generate some to see if any passed the wife test and then after that, we have Susanna from Tonic in the books. We're just waiting to release it. It's a great episode. Yeah. I would love to have Susanna and Valerie from Trillatech in our room together just talking. Oh, I was going to say fighting, but talking is they good too. They could fight too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Tonic is coming up. I might drop that. You know, Usually we wait two weeks, but honestly, the rest of our year is looking so packed that I might release that one next week on the 19th or something because after that we're going to be talking to tbd assuming everything works out we've got marcel schwitlick coming up we've got luke shannon coming up we've got a bunch of other folks that we've just been talking to and we're like juggling around trying to figure out the scheduling we're booked into q1 of next year at this point it's kind of crazy we are the prettiest girls at the ball feels great that's right and if you enjoy that content <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com slash waiting to be signed is how you tell us i like it and we want you to keep making it and we appreciate the hard work all right last news thing here have you been i know you're you're busy you probably have not been following this at all but you know who sam bankman fried is of course 
And did you know that his trial is happening? I did. I heard that it was full okay. of drama and he's screwed. High level? Yeah, high level, it seems like it. I, I put this in here because I wanted to plug, first of all, one of the other podcasts that I really enjoy in crypto, the Unchained podcast by Laura Shin. It's one of the only like no shill, purely informative news style crypto podcasts. And she's been in the courtroom and she's doing like a short-ish episode every day recapping what she sees. The most recent ones have been longer. They've been like 15 to 20 minutes because there's been actual witness testimony. She's been having legal experts on too for longer episodes, kind of talking about the strategy of the defense and the prosecution. It's really worth listening to if you're just interested in this and want to understand what's going on. So big plug to the Unchained podcast and Laura Shin there. And at the same time, the guy who wrote Moneyball and The Big Short and all those you know that other guy. similar books yeah. just released his book on Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX called Going Infinite. That's what we all do. <laughs> we are going infinite, Will. It's so funny because very early in the book, can you guess what game they talk about? A game that we both love. Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering. Ooh. Here's a name that you'll probably know, no one else will know, but a name that comes up, Matt Nass. Oh, why? A childhood friend. They went oh. to the same school and played Magic together. Who knew? I know. Unindicted co-conspirator Matt Nass <laughs> back in middle school playing Magic with Sam Bankman-Fried. Yeah, SBF is all the crypto world is talking about, it seems. So other than drama, do you have any impressions of it? He's guilty, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yes. Guilty, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's obviously a really interesting story. I think it's going to be one of those stories that people talk about similar to the whole Wolves of Wall Street shit, where it's capitalism at its finest, people doing their darndest to make money, and then it just, they don't win. It's pretty crazy. I'm just at the point in the book where he's founding FTX. There's a lot of wind up and a lot of characterization and a lot of like what I would describe as very sympathetic characterization of like someone who's awkward and people don't understand them. And, you know, he just thinks about things differently and people can't seem to get with the way he thinks about it. And it's like, at a certain point, it feels like the author is trying to excuse behavior and justify behavior instead of being like, this guy's kind of a jerk. <laughs> you know, he kind of might be a sociopath. Yeah. And if you kind of read between the lines, or in my case, listen between the lines, I think you, you'll you end up hearing a lot of stuff that's like, despite the author's best efforts, not very complimentary. Interesting to see if that tone shifts as you get further through. But I guess it also makes for solid storytelling. You know, you need to have characterization of some sort in order to get that hook in. Can't wait to see the biopic in oh. 10 years, five years. Yeah, five. I mean, just <laughs> especially when they, I mean, this, this trial is going to go pretty quick. You know, there might be appeals and stuff, but you don't need to cover the appeals. So once the trial's done, Netflix or Amazon or Hulu, someone's going to come in and, and try to do this. And think of all the cool, like, true crime stuff that we've seen, like the WeWork yeah. series. The, the one on What's-Her-Face, Anna. Yeah, that one was so good. Yeah. I was honestly rooting for her. She was doing it. Yeah, she was doing she was- it. She was girl-bossing her way through the Upper West Side. I loved it. It's a shame she was caught. But then we wouldn't have these amazing... Things on Netflix and Hulu and HBO. Now, who could play SBF is the question. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> I don't know. He just came to mind. I kind of like it. I, maybe if he grew his hair out a little bit. Yeah. And gets a little bit of a puffy, disheveled look, it could work. If this were happening 20 years ago, I think we'd have more casting options. Who comes to mind? Oh, what's his face? I forget his name. Jonah Hill? 
Oh, possibly Jonah Hill. Yeah, I can see Jonah Hill. Um, the guy from Freaks and Geeks. Oh, the really like baritone voiced guy? Yeah. He is in Silicon Valley. Oh, not the tall guy. Seth Rogen. Oh, Seth Rogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seth Rogen could work too. But yeah, probably a little bit too old at this point. To yeah, play of course. It. Maybe a Napoleon Dynamite type actor, but whatever the modern version of that is. Someone awkward, someone goofy looking. I'm not hip to Gen Z, unfortunately. All right, enough speculation. This way, we're, we're way off brand for this show. <laughs> Should I do some quick donations? Donations and, let's and do the, our new pa- patrons. Yeah, some new patrons. So let's do donations first. We got a few pieces from a, a couple supporters from the Mprops Open Beta. So Calico Jack gifted us a thank you, thank you, thank you. So thank you, Calico Jack, for that. And Fritter4 gifted us a pair of Hello Open Worlds and AI Mentions Famous Generative Art. So great to see people enjoying the vibe of Mprops. I've been hearing people say, oh, this reminds me of the early days of FX Hash. So lots of projects coming out, people collecting. On the new patron front or new Patreon front, a few new folks signed up since the last episode. So thanks to Bree Pettis, Dan Cat, GK, Michael Higgins, Fritter4, and Leander Herzog for all coming in. Just continues to be the who's who of people in the crypto art world. Why would you not want to be a part of this elite membership? Big collectors, big artists, people who love the show. And at the end, we'll do the 25 and up call out. So thank you everyone for your support as always. Trinity, we're a little late on the quarterly update. A little bit. Only a few weeks. Only a few weeks late. But we did it. We last checked in on 6-30-2023. So it's like three and a half months off. I think the top line view here, Tez is down to 64 cents from 77. That is bad. That's bad. It's not great. About a 17% move down. So in theory, we'd want to hope the USD value is flat and that everything is agnostic to the price of Tez, but we know that's not true. In aggregate, we're doing worse than Tez, which is not what we want to see. We're doing way worse. The total index is down 28% in Tez terms and 27% in USD terms. So holding Tez continues to be the move, which is kind of a bummer because we're here to collect art. And... I don't know that we can offer much of an explanation, right? I mean, there's a few silver linings here and there's, I mean, there's another positive trend, which is listings, but not great. It's kind of discouraging. Yep. So let's look at winners. I love winners. And you know what is winning? Uninhabitable. Uninhabitable Iskra winning up 114% from a floor of 325 to 696. I don't know if we've seen jumps that big. Yeah, I don't think we have. I think we've seen some things come close in the 70, 80%, but that's a huge move. That is disgusting. Yeah. Well deserved, though. We'd love to see it. Yeah. And I guess it's got to be partially off the back of her recent release with Unit London. It just seems like there's hype building again around Iskra. We also saw Tonic some movement. Also. Yeah. We saw movement in Horizontes as well. So part of that's got to be. Informed by too, like the movement around Zach and the interest in Zach from the Verse project, and like, yeah, 114% unprecedented, and that's 78% in USD. So, if you're holding Iskra, you're beating the market right now. That's a very specific bag to have. Yeah, it's a super specific bag, one that I'm underexposed to, minus my one tonic piece, unfortunately. Yep. I mean, there are a couple of other things that are floating, you know, doing pretty well. Reading a book is up 55%, which reading a book is just kind of mostly on the up and up. You know, it fluctuates a lot, but there are just times where people go ham on it. Unclear why. It's a huge project, right? A thousand pieces. So way above the norm on our list. A lot more pieces under 500 than there are over. 
So yeah, it's just a piece that ends up being more liquid. Probably in retrospect, it would have been good to be like tracking on the side some of Kim's other work on the platform too, just to have as like a additional data point. So pretty soon, actually, we have to think about if, how we're going to change this list for 2024 if we are at all. But something to think about is like adding other pieces from some of these artists to help control for these moves. The other cool thing about reading a book, it's back under 5% listed. So only 47 of the 1,000 actually on the market for sale. That's almost a 10% move down from the last time we checked in. Which is pretty crazy. And that's the positive in, in almost everything here is despite the fact that prices have moved down a lot. We noted this last time we checked in at the end of June. We said, oh, this could be good. Like percent listed is down. was down a little over 4% when we last checked in. It's down another almost 7%, 6.95% from June. So pieces are coming off the market. They're getting bought. They're not getting listed. But prices continue to go down. And I know that you have a... Yeah, I so strongly disagree with you that this is like a good sign. To me, this is like listings going down is such a medium to bad sign at this point, I think, mm. in this market. Because? Because it implies that there aren't people around to list into potential runs. People are checked out. People are disengaged. People, you know, they're not staying up to date with what's happening on FX Hash. I think that helps keep prices up in the short term, but I think that it could be bad longer term. The phenomenon that we see on tonic sometimes inverse sometimes where people aren't listing so people can't get pieces. You just see less momentum overall. And part two to this is once people get re-engaged, we have a crazy bull run with like the happening event coming up. People re-engage and they just dump. I have a hard time imagining people will dump at these prices unless Tez makes a big move up mm. or just the markets move up. Yeah. If your idea is correct, which I think is very possible and it it could certainly explain partially it. Mm -hmm. Like maybe not everyone's disengaged, but there's probably a good chunk of people disengaged. Well, what's the barrier for re-engagement? It's probably like massive moves. I mean, it just has to be global attention reshifting from generative AI back to blockchain. I don't see that happening right now, but I do agree that it's something that we could look forward to next year. I think another way to think about it too is that we tried to fit like 50 years of market activity and art into 18 months, and perhaps a lot of the prices just got way out of hand. 100%. Yes. It's absolutely true that the prices got way out of hand, especially on a few projects, but does that mean that the path back is going to be equally rapid? Not necessarily. So perhaps this bottoming out and this continual like cleaning up of floors and movement of pieces into like the the proverbial diamond hands is going to be a much slower and intentional process than we hope. Perhaps crypto will come back post happening. We'll see new highs for Bitcoin and ETH and Tezos even without seeing the crazy highs in art. I think that's very possible because perhaps art needs to exist to some degree in its own way and build up its own like interest as a discipline outside of just, you know, the shit coinification of it. Oh, I totally agree with that. And I think that's something that really showcases how our thinking and how the show has evolved over the last 18 months is at the start, all market-based. So how does that make you think though, like if your view is things can heat up, but 20, 30, 40 years from now is when we're really going to know what's real, what's valuable, what's important. If we see another big run in two years, time or less, 
how critically you're going to be looking at your collection and being like, sell, 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 take profit, only keep like the 50 tokens that I truly love and believe in long term. Like, I, this is a big question. So I'm not going to, let's like, whatever your answer is and whatever my answer is, let's, let's not hold ourselves to it. Well, my, my first answer is not answering your question. It's 40 years from now. Good Lord. I hope I still have my wallet keys. Have you set up that ledger? <laughs> That's a no. I see. <laughs> she, she raised her eyebrows, folks. That's a no. It's right here in my drawer. Not that the ledger actually helps you. Like, It's just putting one key into another key, right? It's just a yeah. different thing you have I to I think remember. the decentralized but. nature of blockchain is both a strength and a point of failure. I think it puts a lot of tokens at higher risk than they would be in a 2.0 world. Yep. But I don't think I would look at my collection as a whole, I think I would probably be looking at the pieces that, you know, stick around and people really care about. Is there going to be a listing bonanza then? Are you and I going to be doing like a three hour live show where we just are listing everything <laughs> into strength and hoping to make some sales? Like I could totally see it. Like I could see, I've already got my X pieces moved into the cold wallet, pieces that I have prints of, pieces that I'm pretty intent not to sell. This will be what? Episode 2000 of Waiting to be Signed. If we make it to 2000 then presumably we've gotten rich off the show at some point. So <laughs> then selling the art won't matter. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like to think that I will have discipline, right? Because I think one thing everyone learned from the last bull run, everyone who, myself included, held on too long, didn't sell when they could have, is that don't get greedy. Don't trick yourself into thinking the number will continue to only go up and be smart. Is this Make sales. your segue into the market part of the report were things that are not going well. Maybe we should. Maybe we should talk about things that are continuing to go down, which is most of the index. Actually, I mean, it's not nearly as bad as the previous quarter. The previous quarter, everything was down except for three projects. The previous quarter was yeah Awful. miserable when you look at it. Actually, going back, we had so much that was like 50-ish percent or more down. A lot of that due to the 30% move down in Tez. It was down in USD in Tez though, too. Yes, it was down in Tez, compounded by the move down in Tezos against USD. This is a little more mixed. The biggest loser, which is an exception that we should have thrown out, is Art for Walls and Public Spaces. Technically down 53% the way we measure it, but that's because there's one person who's listed a broken thumbnail on the floor at 700. And if you take that one out, the floor almost doubles. Yeah. Also, keep in note that Art for Walls and Public Spaces was the only project in the previous quarter that was positive in USD. It's a correction. This is always going to be a funny project because there's pieces that are broken and it's going to be weird sorting those out, right? And it is what it is. I'm not sure if FX Hash can do anything about that at this point. Other surprising moves down, though, would be Tick by Roxanne. Mm -hmm. Fragments of a Wave down to a floor of 326, a 35% move down from the last time we checked in. Garden Monoliths down 25% in Tez almost 38% in USD. The floor is 1050 or 10500 and we've seen some sales below that in the 9000 8000 range. So, you know, the offers obviously are saying we can't factor into this. It would be too onerous to track all that. But I think it shows that the demand is still there. You know, there is a floor and if things get below that, it's going to get swept. I think like that's the one thing to really keep an eye out for. And hey, by the way, shout out to Coronado up 21.5% so a little bit of a bump off the art block curated piece there, I have to imagine. Anything else? I mean, I filled in the data for the off-market stuff, the off-index pieces here. Yeah, nothing really standing out. Towers up a lot. Oh, yeah. That floor went crazy on towers. And similarly, device one up. 
And a couple of projects off the index that saw exactly zero movement. Yep. Zero percent change in test price, zero percent listed change there. Yeah, I mean, waiting in Afton, I think we saw one sell. If you open up and look at the activity, we had Carpe Diem throw out an offer of 2000 and have it accepted on number 46. Actually, that was like five months ago. So from scratch that, <laughs> really nothing for a long time on waiting in Afton. But again, only a 50 piece project. I still hold out some hope for the listings, all the green we see on the listing side. It's better than the prices being down and the market's getting flooded and the floor is getting Look, pummeled. I, right? I think that probably long term, it could be good for prices. I think it's going to be bad for the art, you know, and I'm thinking about the scenario of lost wallets. So that just means that there are fewer pieces in circulation, fewer pieces that will be traded in the future. So I think it makes the collection a little bit more rare and precious, but it's still kind of sad. So put that into some context. I had this in the notes for last week, assuming that we were going to do the market last week, but funny guys actually put out a little thread on their own analysis of the FX hash and Tezos stats. The interesting thing that was thrown out in that was the number of wallets that are actually engaging with FX hash, which if you had to guess, what would you think it is? Less than a thousand. It is less than a thousand. Do you have a more precise guess? <laughs> I'll say about 500. It's a little hard to put together, but I'll, I'm going to throw out these two stats that funny guys put out here. These are all for FX hash. Number of artworks sold in July, 20,451. August, 28,093. September, 24,087. Collection offers accepted July, 1,600. August, 1,500. September, 1,000. So a big move down. Is that because offers are getting accepted and pieces are coming off the market, which reflects in our data as well? Or is it for some other reason? You know, I don't think we can say conclusively. I don't know. Active buying accounts. And so I take this to mean wallets. September, 298. Wow. Active selling accounts. September, 133. So this world is small. This is a very small world of people who are actively listing things and buying things. So I think that's a point for Trinity and the people are disengaged. <laughs> people are disengaged. We are truly at the nadir here. Everyone who's here, I think, is being savvy and making offers and lowballing and like taking advantage of people like, you know, Void, right? Who have just been liquidating. And I'm sure we've covered some other characters in the previous months who've just been liquidating and accepting offers, right? Yeah. Pretty crazy to see that. I think crypto tends to pick up Q3. Isn't that pretty traditional? Aren't we in Q3? How do the quarters work? It's we just started it's October. Q3. Like I okay, think it, I don't even like, know. November is always the month for crypto. It was two years ago. I know that we're going to a happening. Let's hope that a hype cycle begins again. You know the museum stuff. There's a lot of encouraging news. It's just a matter of it all kind of like crystallizing into a positive narrative that gets people interested in collecting this stuff again. So and, yeah. All right, that was depressing. Let's move on. <laughs> I put something in the notes here, which we can cover or not. I wrote that AI is hard. What does this mean? I got access to the M props. Oh, you did? How did? Okay. I'm a little DM wizard. You are a DM wizard. Well, how do you think of it? I think it's pretty intuitive. It's pretty intuitive. The thing I haven't experimented with is like the P5 or the JavaScript integration. Oh, that didn't exist when I last used it. You can definitely do something with it. I'm not really sure how to plug it in, but... The like prompt variable, continue prompt variable thing 
it's intuitive, but not as easy to work with as you would think because it's Mad Libs, but like to the nth degree. And I was trying to make a project that I thought would be really fun to make actually, inspired by an argument I got into someone about flat earth theory. They definitely underestimated the amount of flat earth debate content I get on my own TikTok and YouTube. They're just used to people being like, I don't know, how does it work? But I'm like, I know how I know how it works, like I satellites and blah, blah, blah. So all this is to say, like, I wanted to make a project that was like kind of depicting a lot of the theories and ideas around like flat earth and kind of like allowing the computer, the AI to imagine it. The computer is not good at imagining it, or I'm really bad at writing prompts <laughs> or, or both because you try to say like draw a flat earth and it just gives you, know you a damn globe. That's because <laughs> it's a stable diffusion model. Uh, okay. uh, stable diffusion works incredibly different, differently from the journey. So is it me prompting or is it just me? It's your prompting. The way that you have to do prompting and stable diffusion, and this is <laughs> maybe a little bit nerdy or uh, people no, who tell listen me. don't care to this part, but in Mer Journey, you pretty much write a narrative for what you want to see. You know, I want to see two losers discussing flat earth theory while drinking Pepsis while naked in a pool. And Mid Journey is going to give you something that looks like that. Yeah. Or something with stable diffusion, it's like based off of tokens that are separated by commas. So it would be like two people in a pool, comma, mm. drinking Pepsi, comma, flat earth, visual inspiration, visual inspiration, visual inspiration, and really tweaking that until you kind of start getting the range of outputs that look good. I'm pretty bad at it, <laughs> to be honest, which is why I create abstract art. But there are some really good uh, sources out there that will help you with it. Um, The trick to stable diffusion is knowing your artistic references. What artists do you want to emulate? What styles do you want to emulate? Um, Do you want to go with a style of things that are commonly found in stock photography or deviant Mm. art and naming sources like that? And this is where anybody can create AI art, but it really benefits those who have a strong art or art history background because you do have that strong list of references that you can pull from as inspiration. The references that I was going to target were like maps, 18th century alchemical art, and movie posters. So quite diverse set. First, I was trying to go really wide, and I came up with a whole list of like all the different vectors that the people like think about. But then I realized that with the prompting and like the variable system, it'd be very hard to come up with like a coherent marriage of prompt and variable that would produce a really cool flat earth looking map in the style of an atlas and also produce a composited image of the earth made of like satellite photographs that didn't look quite right and would also produce a nasa logo but then the red stripes behind it were like a forked tongue of a serpent because it's sinister and evil is this and or and or (laughs) well this is where i was like oh maybe this project's like more of like a one-of-one curated thing and not a generative long form because if you wanted to like do individualized pieces of this, it's like really bespoke and it would not really be done in a generative. Yeah. And that's the trick way. of long form generative AI. I had to explain it to a coworker where you have to be happy with 100% or 99% of the outcomes because yeah. there isn't further tweaking it. That's why I scrapped it and tried to narrow it just to like map images. Mm-hmm. But even then it was just so hard to get it to like do something that wasn't just a map with like North America, South America. Yeah. You know, find specific map references that you like just out in the world. See who the cartographer was or more information about the map. The other thing to try out is the negative prompt, which is a field where the negative prompt will kind of just cut out 
particular things. This is where people will put in weird hands as a negative prompt or <laughs> no weird hands deformities. Okay. So that way it only does five fingers or something. Just like get that. rid of North America. So no normal globes, only weird globes that show the ice wall and crazy resource rich continents beyond it. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. perfect. Exactly. We'll get you there. I want to just, in case there's any ambiguity here, I was on the not flatter side of the conversation. <laughs> just I don't want people Likely thinking that. Story. Yeah. <laughs> don't want people thinking that I'm trying to make propaganda. I thought it would just be interesting to kind of explore what the computer could imagine. And so far, it's not able to imagine it well. But I hear what you're saying. And I need to look into how to work a stable diffusion more. All right. AI corner over art. Trinity, it was a light week for art. So it's good that we had so much fun conversation going into this. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Well, why don't we just go with M props because we were just talking about M props and I think it makes sense to talk about M props. <laughs> this uh, project that Emil Corsillo, Corsillo, speaking Emil of Corsillo. master prompters, crazy. Emil is the most crazy prompter I've seen. Looking at some of the stuff that he was working on in the beta, just the layers upon layers of variables and just the references to all the psychedelic stuff out there a plus prompting emil you deserve it this project which is called mprops member token onism i wish they just didn't have the mprops member token in the title there because the piece is so good it should just be called like what it is onism just an amazing abstract work made with ai it actually is kind of like reminiscent of mapan work you know or like volta moods like it's just like the texture of the paint the whole vibe of the piece. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. And he does use P5 as a part of this, which probably helps get to some of that amazing texture. It's an awesome piece. I was hoping to get one because for a while it was saying that they were like 0.07 and that was during some like private sale thing they were doing. And then when it finally opened up to the public, it rocketed up to two ETH and went on to its own little Dutch auction thing and before it sold at 0.2. So out of my price range, but fully worth it. And I, I believe these come with some level of like membership and privileges to use the platform as well. So well worth the price if you can afford it. Wow. Lifetime subscription to the open studio, a basic subscription tier. Huge. Pretty crazy. Even without that, I just think this piece is fantastic. And especially after like my own just struggles a few hours trying to work with basic prompting, it's like pretty fantastic that someone can create something like this. So yeah. I think my favorite part about this is the theme, onism. It's the frustration of being stuck in just one body and inhabiting only one place at a time, basically speaking towards unfulfilled life experiences because we have such a short lifespan and there's so much to see and do. Do you feel this? No. I mean, as acclaimed podcasters, we can't relate to that. I relate obviously. to that, man. Okay. I can be podcasting and- Lonely as hell. Doing something else. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, well, what if you were a podcast with 100 patrons and a Discord? <laughs> then I'd be spending my life in a Discord, which is pretty damn rad. Hell yeah. Quit my job. Obviously off topic, but this piece is sick. I'm super excited to see what people keep creating with uh, these MProps open beta tools. And everyone who bought one of these, right? There's a lot of new artists who are about to enter the ecosystem. Yeah, so better get posting. Congrats to Emil. Amazing project. The other piece we had in our top projects this week was Latitudes by Alexandra. This was released on Highlight. On Highlight. And it's an animated piece that changes color. Usually her pieces don't change color. It's like all about like a singular color study, even when they animate. But here we have these amazing like 
streamers and intersecting objects that just kind of animate across the screen and slowly change color in a very Alexandra way. I thought this would be an open edition, but it wasn't. It was 260 and this is sold out. It's just pretty crazy. I mean, and yeah. kudos to you, Will, for releasing a uh, episode with Nat from Highlight. Started listening to that episode. It's very good. Well done, sir. Thank you. I think people didn't know what Highlight was about and now they know. Yeah. And, you know, also congrats to Alexandra for selling this out on a primarily open edition platform. It shows that there is a primary market here. And then also I heard through the grapevine that the project that she released on Alba subsequently minted out as well. So that is a strong network effect. Really nice. Alba update, by the way, I I popped into their Discord. The latest I saw was that it's going to be a few more weeks still until they open up. So maybe by the end of the year, we'll see some activity on Alba. But they've been like sneakily retweeting some things, including the most recent volatile moods. So I wonder if that's destined to be part of the relaunch of Alba. That piece is looking pretty cool. That's sick. I think this is cool because it shows that Highlight's not just for open editions. It's for anyone who wants to release something on ETH and use their contract in whatever way they like. And so here, Alexandra decided to bring this piece over. 260 editions. I think she sold it out around 0.02 ETH. And the secondary market on OpenSea is about double that. So it's pretty solid. People are liking it. The piece is very cool. And, you know, in times like this, where maybe you feel like Tez or FX Hash might be a little soft, every now and then, like taking a swing like this on a different platform could work. Where's this rank in your Alexandra Canon? I mean, I s- still prefer, you know, my full set of uh, Chromatlas. Is the butterfly one considered part of that? Uh, herbarium? No. That's my favorite, Herbarium. That one's Yeah, I mean, I cool. think that I just love her consistency, the color usage, the ability to build really interesting sets and just the overall like design philosophy behind all of her work. I think it's so consistent and I think really lovely overall. And I should add that this was part of a gallery exhibit at Mono Tunis Gallery, which I'm not sure where that is, but I'm assuming it was Tunisia? somewhere in real life. So that's cool too. This is my bad for not putting it up there, but both the Ismahelio projects minted out. They did. And um, we talked about them a little bit last week. We took a look at some non-spaces to see how they were shaping up. And it turns out this was two pieces. So it is a diptych in the sense of the first one, NS1 sketch, is the blueprint edition. And there were some people who had reserves on this, but otherwise it was just an open mint. Yeah, I think if you held a non-spaces, you could get a reserve on it. But at one point he opened it up. So it was 98 pieces at 32 Tez. They minted out. And then a few days later, he released NS2 growth. And this one, I believe, was fully reserved to everyone who held an NS1. And this is the one that matures and grows the foliage and trees and stuff. And I think this was a params project. So it must like have fed on the token you had somehow from NS1 to make sure that your NS2 was like the same, but overgrown. I have no idea. (laughs) It's like the whole thing is so big brain. Oh, you use the hash of the the one. Then you get grass. And that's the diptych. Perfect. I think it's so nice and playful. It's really so different from non-spaces. If you go back to look at non-spaces, it's very angular. It's very stark. And in comparison, both of these NS pieces, they feel a lot lighter to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's just, you know, you can grow a lot as a developer in a year and as an artist in a year. Or if it's trying to tell a different story. Maybe a different story. I mean, I appreciate that these don't need time 
to grow out and like mm-hmm. show the age and, and all the layers of foliage. I'm just looking at the params real quick. The only thing you can put in on the param is the hash. So you have no control over the palette or the level of growth. That's all just kind of a part of it. And I guess it derives from your hash as well, which is cool. Like you get you get the final piece right away. You can do the, the diptych. You're not required to do it. No, you could also just make a fully random one, which honestly I might have been inclined to do because some of these that have like the really neon green, I would not have probably wanted. I would have wanted one that felt a little more like naturalistic. Looks like only about half of the folks have redeemed theirs so far, but no rush at this point, right? Once you've got a reserve, doesn't really, I don't think there's a time frame on it. I'm looking at NS2 number one, which is growth, comparing it to its NS1 token. And it is a really nice evolution. You're right. You really can't tell like what you might be getting. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't pick. But yeah, that it did come out very nicely because it has a lot of that yellow on top of the yellow. It feels like very apt for the palette there. Yeah. Just a really fun project, a great execution of Params and cool to see Ismahelio. He's your man. Is he one of your top 10 favorite artists on FX Ash? I mean, 10 is such a small amount. It's not that small. You can't have Jerez 10 times. At one point, definitely in your top 10. Definitely at one point. But he's just been, I think he's just been too busy with life stuff to, to make a ton of art to keep him top of mind. But I mean, I still love and own a ton of Wandering Line from back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. So I've, I've been a fan for a very, very long time of Isma here. And Hybrid Canvas, I really liked. And, you know, he's got some great early works too. The Postcards series are all really nice. So just cool to have him back on the platform. Hopefully we'll see this continue through FXH 2.0. He's done on-chain, right? He did on-chain with Artblocks, um, Artblocks earlier this year. Yeah, so. and I love that Artblocks project too. Yeah, you know, I really nice. find that some of my favorite generative art is by architects or are architecturally inspired. Weird how that works out. Any other art to talk about this week? There's always art to talk about. Is there any art that we're planning? I had a shout out okay. here from a new artist on the platform named Ulysses. Oh, Paul shouted this guy out too. Yeah, Paul shouted this guy out in Discord. New artist. And if you check out his socials, it looks like he's a musician primarily who's just gotten into doing code-based art, long-form generative and he released a project called Sublimations, 256 editions, 12 testament, still plenty left to mint, but just a really cool, colorful, maybe vaguely sound wave inspired, but like chopped up with awesome effects on it. I don't know. I thought this was really cool. I minted two of them. And I just wanted to shout it out because we've been talking all year about where are the new artists. And here's someone who just popped up and came up with a project that's like actually to my eye, very cool. So shout it out. My shout out. I don't think I have any shout outs this week, unfortunately. It's fair. <laughs> the few new Quampa pieces released today. But, oh, yeah. You know, those are particularly awesome. Those are cool. Out of my budget. Yeah, out of the budget. But if you liked the first batch, you're going to love this batch too. Also shout out to Adam. We had this in our looking ahead, but the truth exhibition that he curated for Feral File is up. Featuring Press Tube and Bezor, Howl 09999, Tata Boswell, Lisa Orth, David Seven, Charlotte Dan, Ella Hopner. They're not for sale until a few days out. And I'm not actually sure how the fail file works. Like, do you buy, you buy like a set, right? You don't just like mint them individually. Not sure. I'm not sure either, but you can go check out the work up on the Feral file site. Everything looks really cool. Oh, it looks like you buy sets. It's like you're getting number 12 of each. And they're already 
predetermined. Gotcha. Makes sense. I love the way the feral file site looks. <laughs> I feel like I'm a hacker while I'm cruising. You the are site. a hacker. I am. I wonder who did their web design. Probably Casey or someone who else who works with Ferrofile. Other than that, looking ahead. I think obviously we've already mentioned it, talked about it at length for many weeks now is the Mapan on Verse. So Sketchbook A releases in three days. It'll be really cool to see that one. Just given the small edition size, super excited to understand how that auction ends up going. Also really excited to see the generator if and when it arises. Fingers crossed. Let's get it up. I'm sure by the time this episode is up, the generator has to launch between the recording and this episode going live. We hope. Yeah. And then the one of ones, the through your eyes, I think there's like almost a two week break. Yeah, it's huge. They're giving people a lot of time to process a sketchbook A and they'll be auctioning off those one of ones. So keep your eyes peeled in verse and... TBD, what's coming up after that? There's no bit, no more solos announced. We don't really know what's coming up for the rest of the year with them. And following from our interview with Susanna, Tonic, their Machine Dreams release with Dean Black comes out this week. It's a flat price, which is interesting. It's 150 editions, 0.15 ETH. This is on October 19th. And they have not yet released the mechanism for like the premium print so maybe the watercolor proved to be too challenging to figure out how to do it just seems like you get the free print and you can scale it up if you like but there's no like i think they usually announce that a little bit after i mean with lars they had the pre-sale with the premium print all packaged in that email and the pre-sale started today and there's no premium offering with it so i mean if you look at them it makes sense like what could you do outside of using a literal art watercolor matter. yeah art matter but art matter is busy with adam's <laughs> ai paintings probably right now so but still it looks like a very cool piece and if you if you click through and you look at some of the writing that tonic has up about the project you can see some of the influences and what dean is drawing from and i i went through and checked it out and it's like oh that's pretty mm-hmm. cool it is so clean and minimal compared to i think a lot of generative art we see very minimal. It will be interesting to see this reception to it. Uh, I haven't checked on Twitter slash X to see what people are saying about it. It's interesting. It's definitely a different take from what Tonic has done in the past. The most vibe-driven project, I would say, that they've done. I think that's kind of it. I look forward to more art in the future. Yep. Next week, we'll definitely be talking about the Mapan piece, at least just talk about where it settled on the auction side, if not to also talk about the art. We did not talk about the Matt King controversy. If you want to listen to that this weekend or this week, I would totally be up for talking about it and getting your impressions of it because I think it's an evergreen topic that we can come back to at any point. And it's a very interesting space to listen to. So Trinity, please, if you can. Yes. It was not available when I tried to listen. I know, I know. I was like, I'm going to clean the house and listen to some controversy. I blame Elon for that one. I don't think that that uh, super rare took it down. I think that probably just X wasn't serving it. So it's a really fun listen. I really enjoyed listening to it. Not knowing too much about Matt Cain outside of Gazers. It was very interesting to hear. And it put into context the uh, OpenSea, you know, browsing through his project, which actually has a very high floor right now, you know, for ETH floor. So it's not like even despite the controversy, this piece is doing very well. There's not very many listed. So maybe we can talk about that next week too. That'd be really fun. We'll see what happens this week in art and news. In art and news. That's what we're here for. 
let's wrap the episode up. Check out the Patreon if you're interested in supporting us that way. Let's shout out the 25 and up patrons. Melissa Wiederact, FX Hash, The Platform, Dan Cat, Mike G, Roxanne, and Sean Yost. Thank you, everyone, for supporting us above and beyond. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. Thank you, Trinity, for recording as usual, despite your crazy schedule. We all are sitting here praying for your work life to return and to And my normal. taxes. And your taxes. We'll follow up on that next week when they're done. That's it for this one, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again soon with another episode. Bye-bye. Bye.